Jesus Christ, my living hope. Praise the Lord. The one who gives us hope is a living Savior. And therefore, his hope is live. And it impacts every facet of our life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Shall we look to the scriptures this morning? Luke chapter 19, verses 11. We'll read from 11 all the way to 20, 27. So I'm going to read it out. While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they assumed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately as soon as he reached the city. So he said, a nobleman went to a distant country to obtain for himself a kingdom and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 pounds, one a piece, each equal to about a hundred days wages and said to them, occupy till I come. Father, we are grateful to you. We thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives, release grace and anointing in the place that will make the proclamation of your word effective. In Jesus' name, we bind every resistance to the preaching of God's word and every critical spirit be still. To Christ be the glory. The message that you have for us this morning, Father, we pray that you would grant grace to your servant to articulate it and the hearers to receive it. To Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, Occupy Till I Come. Occupy Till I Come. So Jesus is the one who is sharing this parable. Verse 11 tells us the context of this particular parable or why Jesus is sharing this parable. When Christ started his ministry, the people realized that he was unique in every way. That none was like him before. They realized there was something very, very different about him. Obviously, the rumors started that he is the Messiah. And of course, he is the Messiah. And so with the Messiah, there was great expectations. But with their interpretation came a lot of misunderstanding and misinterpretation. To a group of people who were under the bondage of the, of the Romans, these people yearned for freedom and liberty. They wanted to shake off the yoke that was upon them. 
even though they had their own rulers, they know ultimately Rome had their power over them. So as proud children of God, they resisted and they denied Rome's hold on them to the extent that they argued with, P, with Jesus saying that Rome has no hold on us. They said that we are the children of Abraham even when they had this hold on them. So the general masses, they craved for freedom and who else than this new liberator who could give them free food, do miracles, heal them, set them free, have control over nature. Hey, perfect person to be the Messiah. And so they were expecting the kingdom to be established immediately. And even though Christ told them the nature and the character of his kingdom, nobody understood or were interested to understand what he really meant. On the last leg, as he's approaching Calvary, Jesus realized that this thing was spreading over and over again. And that's how he starts this parable to clear the air, praise the Lord. So what does Jesus do? Jesus connects. He takes a piece of a history that the people are, everyone is aware of, not too far distant time ago. And he connects it to his parable and presents this fact. So he could minister to them. Now one of the unique traits of the word of God, the words of Jesus is that it can touch every generation. Even though he shared the parable so that they could understand what he was telling them as far as the kingdom of God was concerned, within that parable lies truth that is applicable to every age and generation. So today, July 4th, as we celebrate Independence Day, we who are the children of God, we are in his presence, we are going to glean from the truth that Jesus shared with the people around him. While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and they assumed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So the parable he shares connects it with a piece of history. Listen to the parable. A nobleman went to a distant country to obtain for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten pounds, one pound each, equal to about a hundred days' wages, and said to them, Occupy till I come, meaning, do business with this until I return. 
But his citizens, the residents of his new kingdom, hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to be king over us. A little piece of history. Herod the Great ruled till BC 4. Before he died, he divided his inheritance, the kingdom, among his sons. And one part, Judea, was given to Archelaus. But the people rebelled and said, we have nothing to do with him. And they sent a delegation to Rome. Archelaus goes to Rome to stand before Caesar and to make sure that the kingship is given to him and he could hold on to what was transferred by his father. So Jesus borrows that so that the people can connect with what he's trying to say. He takes a piece of history and he connects it with the truth of the kingdom of God, makes them understand so that they will, the, the misunderstanding will be clear. At the same time, Jesus passes on a truth, a relevant truth that is applicable to everyone in every day and age. Christ is now connecting the truth to himself. When he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might find out what business they had done. The first one came before him and said, Lord, your pound has made 10 more pounds. And he said to them, well done, good servant, because you proved yourself faithful and trustworthy. In a very little th thing, you shall now have authority over 10 other cities. Likewise, the second one came and he said, here is it, master. Five more I have gained. And he said, well done. You know, he said, you can have rulership over five more cities. Then came another one and said, Lord, here is your pound, which I kept laid up in a handkerchief for safekeeping. I was afraid of you because you're a stern man. You pick up what you did not lay down and you reap what you did not sow. He said to the servant, I will judge and condemn you by your own words, you worthless servant. Did you know that I was a stern man picking up what I did not lay down and reaping what I did not sow? Then why did you not put my money in a bank? Then on my return, I could have collected the interest. Then he said to the servant standing by him, take the pound away from him and give it to the one who has Ten pounds, And they said to him, Lord, he has 10 pounds already. Jesus said, I tell you that everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Occupy till I come. Praise the Lord. Folks, come. Let's go travel into this parable and see what the Lord has for us, for each and every one of us. Number one, the Lord wants us to know that he has trusted us with treasure. 
Before this nobleman goes to, to the distant country to get the kingship, which showed that Jesus was going to go away and he's going to come back as a king, he entrusted his servants with treasures. In this case, the Bible says, pound each man a piece, a pound each. God has trusted you and me with a treasure. God has trusted you and me with something very precious. Something that can make a difference in the lives around us. God's trust in us is not based on proven trust. This is how Paul puts it. See, Paul writing to Timothy says in Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy, this is how he puts it, 1.12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy appointing me to his service. God considered us trustworthy and he appointed us to service. Praise the Lord. Every one of us has been appointed as children of God, as servants of God. You and I have been trusted with certain assignments. Praise it. Mind you, unlike the parable of talents, where different talents, different number of talents were given to different servants, here, everybody got the same amount. Praise the Lord. What is it that you and I have got that is equal? Everybody has got it equal. Number one, time. Each one of us has 24 hours a day. Number two, the gospel that has been entrusted to us, you and I have the same gospel that has been given to share with others. Number three, praise the Lord, every one of us will have different challenges. Mind you, they had to operate in a place where the people did not want the rulership of this king. They rebelled. They sent people and, and a team to Caesar saying that we don't want his rulership over us. But here we see that every one of these servants have been given what? Same amount of pounds to do business, occupy till I come means do business till I come. Use what has been given to you, put it to use. Employ it, make it go further than what has been entrusted to us. Number one, God trusts you and me, praise the Lord, with certain gifts. Praise the Lord. Question is, how are we using it? Praise the Lord. Amen. He trusts us not because we have been proven trustworthy. Now, mind you, 
The world operates in a different dimension. God has trusted us and he has appointed us two different arenas so that we can do what we can for his kingdom. God has trusted me and you. It's our prayer should be, Lord, help us to be proven as trustworthy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We, we should use every opportunity to show the master, Lord, you trusted me with this. I'm going to prove, praise God, through my service, through my labor of love, that you, O oh Lord, you could trust me with what you have entrusted me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What else, what else we have that is equal? Praise God. Every one of us has been given the opportunity to tithe. Even though our incomes may vary radically, but the tithing principle is that means we are all on the same page. The fellow who makes $100,000 and the fellow who makes a million dollars, their tithe in the sight of God proportionally is same. Praise the Lord. Every one of us have this opportunity to put what has been entrusted to us for the betterment of the kingdom of God. So God trusts, the Lord trusts us with what? With something that he has given. In this case, he trusted his servants with the pounds. Number two, God does not want any one of us to be idle, but he wants every one of us to put them to use. In other words, trade. The King James Version says they went and traded the pounds. In other words, put what has been entrusted to you, use them to usher the presence of God, to, to push the work of God, praise the Lord, and to expand and extend the territory of the kingdom of God. Use your time wisely. Your tithes and your gifts to the Lord wisely. Praise the Lord. Your ability to witness in the setting that God has placed, wherever it is. Praise the Lord. You and I, we all have the same gospel. And as we share the gospel, things will start to happen. So God wants, the Lord wanted his servants to do what? Occupy, meaning start trading. Praise the Lord. Put them to use. What has been entrusted to you? What is embedded in you? Praise the Lord. Put it to use for the glory and the expansion of the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. The Lord wants each and every one of us to realize something very important. Look at the command that is given. Occupy till I come. There is a time frame of operation. Praise the Lord. You and I have been given a time to operate, to work for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do the work of the Lord as long as it's 
daytime. Night is coming, Jesus said, when no one can do his work. Praise Time is the womb of eternity. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Every one of us has been given this gift of time. Listen, Jesus said, the noble man said that occupy till I come. Two things that we need to know. Number one, the Lord will come. Praise the Lord. Jesus will come back. Praise the Lord. That's what the scripture teaches. He has gone, but one day he will come. You and I have to live in the light of the fact, one day Christ is going to come. As a child of God, when was the last time you ever thought about the coming of Jesus? Praise the Lord. One of the traits of a true believer of Christ is, you know what it is? eagerly wait for his coming. Those who eagerly wait for his coming is going to come back a second time. When was there an yearning within you where you felt that Christ should come? Amidst our plannings and our schedules, we have pushed away the thought and the desire of the master to come. Sometimes we are so immersed in the work of the Lord that we don't have time to think about the second coming of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the time we don't know when he's going to come. So we have to get active. We have to continue to do, continue to trade, continue to push and work and labor for the kingdom of God because we don't know when is going to come. Number one. Number two, the reality that time for each and every one of us, we don't know when the master might recall any one of us. We don't know when Christ will come. Neither do we know when we will go to Christ. Either when all of us are alive, Christ will come. Or whenever he calls, we will have to go. That's a fact of life, isn't it? That's a fact of life. So either one day we will fly away or Christ will come. But regardless of which one happens first, you and I ought to be people who are prepared. Praise the Lord. So shall, may I pause and ask you a question? If Jesus were to come today without a shadow of doubt, are you sure that you would be among those who will be raptured? I used to have a group of friends that we used to get together and pray 30 years ago. Every time we met, 
we used to ask the question, if Christ comes, would you go? Those prayer groups are disbanded, not intentionally. Every one of them got involved in some kind of ministry. The last time I met one of my friends, he reminded that question. We don't use those questions anymore because we are all so absorbed in ministry. Praise the Lord. But it's good to think if Christ were to come today before the service is over, would you be there? I want to be there. And I'm sure you do. Praise the Lord. Make sure we are there. Or if the master calls any one of us back, we want to make sure that we are in his presence. Praise the Lord. Amen. So shall we move on. Time. Time. Praise the Lord. God has given us a scope of time. Every one of us has only 24 hours a day. But everyone will have a different time slot to live on the face of the earth. And the time of operation is also only known to him. Praise the Lord. When the nobleman told his servants, occupy what he was saying was, get busy, guy. One of these days, without any further notice, I'm going to show up. And that's what's going to happen when Jesus comes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shall we move on? Praise the Lord. Occupy till I come. The time slot, the time frame that is given to each and every one of us is a testing time. Don't forget that. It's a testing time. Everything that, that you have is given from the Lord. Health, wealth, wisdom, eyesight, good hearing, hands and feet, strength, talents, children, posterity, possession, position, all grace of God. How do we use that? How do we use that? The treasures that God has given you, how do you use them? Let me tell you. As a child of God, God expects every one of his children to use the platform that God gives us for his glory. If everything that I have is from him, I have to use everything for his glory. And it takes on my end intentional, deliberate thought and action to make sure Christ is exalted through my life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
If I believe that the pounds have been given and the standing order is occupy till I come, that means everything that I have, every ounce of energy that I have, every cell in my body should be used for his glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. That takes deliberate meticulous planning. That takes cultivating godly disciplines in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me ask you a question. How do we use our resources? How do we use our talents? How do we use our dollars and cents? How do we use our opportunities? How do we use our platforms? Praise God. Every event of your life is an opportunity to usher the glory of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Whether it's July 4th or Memorial Day or any day that God gives you. Praise God. Use it for, your, for his glory. Test. It's a test. What has been interested to you, there is a test going on. There is an ongoing test. God is watching every one of us. Every one of us. Sometimes we forget that. That there is a test going on. When we are aware that there is a task going on, we <clears throat> suppose you walk into this church and you are the only one. I do that all the time. You know, we come in here, we spend time in prayer and we go back. And I'm praying and I'm worshiping. And then I, when, when I'm walking around, I see the camera there. And I realize that that somebody might be watching me. Guess what I do? I pull up my jacket, make myself presentable, and then I forget again. When you know that somebody's watching, you are, oh, you are, your God is up. One day, one of these guys in the media team called me up and said, well, so what are you doing? Why are you running around the church like this? That's when I realized, these guys are watching me. I said, why don't you come in? Spend some time running around the church. What am I saying? There is an ongoing test going on. With what has been entrusted to us, God is watching us how we're going to use them. Praise the Lord. The talents that God has given you. The, 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 the treasures that God has given you. The abilities that God has given you. The grace that adorns you. How do you use it? How do you use it? Yes. It's an ongoing test. Praise God. Hallelujah. And one day, we will have to give an account. That's what the Bible teaches. One day, we will have to give an account. Praise God. And he will take it into account. Everything that was given to us, how did we use it? Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. There is an ongoing test. Praise God. The first servant comes and he passes in flying colors. He says, Master, you gave me a pound here. I gained 10 more. Wow. The king was elated. He said, well done. You're a good, faithful servant. You know what? I'm going to reward you. You know, the rewards that heaven gives is totally out of this world. Can you imagine? The man was given 100 days wages to trade. And he gains 10 more. Okay? He doubles it, doubles it, doubles it. He keeps, keeps growing, growing. And he presents it to the master. Look at the reward system of heaven. You know what the reward system of heaven is? It's disproportionate to what has been given to us. Look at this. The master says, 10 cities. You get 10 cities. You're the governor of 10 cities. Do you know, guys, look around. There are governors of 10 cities, 100 cities, 1,000 cities sitting around you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. This now is the opportunity for you to become someone up there. So if you've been having a pity party thinking that nobody pays attention to me, nobody calls me, nobody comes to me, nobody been calling me for the party, hey, chill. Praise God. You be faithful down here. Praise God. There is a day coming when he's going to say, I want you to be a ruler. Praise God. So you might be an average Mo or a Joe here and nobody cares about you. But a time and a day is coming when the master is going to lift you up. Don't lose sight. Of the real things that matter. Don't lose sight of what really matters. Don't lose sight of eternity. Don't lose sight that we have to give an account for everything that God has given us. Don't live a careless life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. Test. He will reward us. Testing leads to testimony. Testing leads to reward. Praise God. Hallelujah. Testing leads to reward up there. Sometimes the reward is released right here. Praise God. Hallelujah. And sometimes we know the reward for services, more service. Let me move on. Praise God. The next one is take. What's take? The third servant came. And he said, Master, I know you're a hard guy, a stern guy. You know, you like to extract stuff from what is not being, what's not yours. And therefore, what did I do? I hid what you gave me. This is what the master said. Take away from him 
what has been given and give it to the guy who used, optimized what was given. If you don't use what has been given to you, it will be taken away from you. If you don't use, you will lose it. Praise God. The grace, the ability, the talent, whatever God has entrusted you with, put it to use. Otherwise, it will be taken away. Praise God. This guy, first of all, he had a wrong perspective of his master. See, this is what you call as a heart issue. What issue? Heart issue. His heart was not right with the master. He had a wrong outlook about his master, a wrong perspective about his master. Look, when you have a wrong idea about who God is, when your impression about him is negative, when you think all negative thoughts about God, when every information that you have about him is not from here but everywhere else, then you have a wrong information about him. That is going to impact the way you do business for him. Praise God. Hallelujah. He had a wrong impression about his master. He says, listen, I know who you are. You're a stern man. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our God is a loving God. Our God is a compassionate God. Our God is a faithful God. Our God is a trustworthy God. Our God is a savior God. Our God is a provider God. Our God is a protector God. Praise God. Our God is a consuming fire. Our God will hold us accountable. This is a life of accountability. Yeah. Salvation is free. His love is real. He would embrace you with his love. Praise God. But once something has been entrusted to you, the accountability is real. He will hold us accountable for everything that we do. Praise God. So help me, God. I want to promote the kingdom of God. And whatever that you have given, I want to use it, praise God, for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, you know, it is a sad thing when the children of God are motivated by slavish fear of God. We ought to fear him, but it is not fear out of what? Yeah, fear out of what? Judgment, but fear out of reverence to God. We are God's children. He loves us. But we ought to also know that God will hold us 
accountable. And so we have to have, cultivate a healthy dose of fear in our lives. Not living in a slavish kind of fear, but praise God, cultivate a healthy kind of fear towards God. Praise the Lord. The fear of God will keep us from sin. The fear of God will keep us from the snares. The fear of God will keep us from unwanted companies and unwanted involvement of the things of world. Praise God. We want to make sure that our concept of God is derived from the scripture and it is true and it is all right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look what Jesus said to this fellow. Praise the Lord as he says, take what has been given to him and give it to someone else. This is what Jesus said, to whom, to him who has, more will be given. From him who has not, what he has will be taken away. See, in the Christian realm, there is no such thing as standing still. There is no such thing as retaining the status quo. Either you are moving forward or you are going backwards. Either you are ascending or you're descending. Praise God. The ascending will take a lot of energy. The descending might be a free fall. Praise God. Either we are moving forward, pressing on, or going backwards. Praise God. Either it's progression or it's regression. Praise God. Let me ask you, my friend, this morning, looking at yourself, can you say, are you going up or are you slipping? Are you rising or it's a free fall? Praise God. How would you evaluate your spiritual life and where would you put yourself? Praise God. Are you on the way up or on the way down? Praise God. Hallelujah. Be honest in your self-evaluation. Don't let anybody else evaluate you. You let yourself. Praise God. Ask yourself, are you moving forward or are you going backwards? Praise God. If you're not using what God has entrusted you with, it will be taken away and given to someone else. Praise God. Hallelujah. Trio. Jesus presents three groups of people here. There are ten servants, but he only talks about three because it's an illustration of how people fare. But there are also three groups of people. Three servants are mentioned. One is faithful. The second one is also faithful. The third one is utterly lazy and unfaithful and disobedient. But there is also a third group of people there in this parable. So there is the faithful servants 
who use what God, what the master has given them to usher to do the business of God. Then there is the unfaithful who are lazy and do not put themselves for the kingdom of God. Use what has been God has given. Then there is a third group of people here who are the rebellious. They don't want this king to establish his rule. Praise God. Let me ask you. If this parable Jesus were to speak like he did then. And I'm speaking this parable here, what Jesus spoke then. When Jesus was speaking, it represented the people who was listening. Let me ask you, where would you fall in this parable? Do you represent the faithful? Do you have a desire to be the faithful servant who will use what has been given for the glory of God? Or would you represent the idle, lazy servant who had a heart issue who did not understand his master? If you do not put yourself in a place, give time to yourself to learn, to read, to study, to meditate, to fellowship with the children of God, your concept about God is going to be skewed. It's going to be, going to get a wrong idea about God. To many, they think that God is a Santa Claus. What does that mean? Hmm? Once a year, Oh no, we want Santa to come every day. Drop something in our chimney every day. To most of the people, Jesus is what? The guy who's gonna satisfy my gimme, 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 gimme desire. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Or I pray that none of us would be among the third group of people who were rebelling and saying that we don't want to do anything with the king. When Jesus, when you receive Christ as your savior, he comes and he establishes his rule and reign in your heart. Listen, church. The minute that you received Christ, He becomes the king and the ruler of your heart. You dethrone the self and you enthrone Jesus the Lord. Praise God. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Many like Jesus only to be the savior and not the Lord of their life. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you listen to the message that Ranjit gave Wednesday night, he talked about the yoke. We are yoked with Jesus. And because we are yoked to Jesus, Jesus will lead us and guide us. And when he leads us and guides us, it's always profitable business for the Lord. Praise God. Do you want to be led and guided and directed by the Lord? Praise God. Do you like to be hitched, hooked to him? Or are you fighting him? 
sometimes we got the yoke yoked with them, but we are fighting the yoke. Praise God. How do you know? Our behavior shows whether we like this yoke or not. Praise God. Our conduct shows how much value we give to him, how much respect we give him, how much we adore him, how much we value what he says. Praise God. Jesus said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, but he who does the will of my Father. My God, such a self-deception. We say, Lord, Lord, but we do our own thing. We are satisfied with an opening prayer, but we do our own business. Who in the world we think we're just saving? Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't do anything that dishonors the name of God. And when you start with a prayer, you dishonor him if you don't have any plans to carry through what he says. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can put wool over everybody's eyes, but not of God's. Don't be kidding. Praise God. Hallelujah. You want to be hooked to him? You want to be yoked to him? Be yoked to him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't forget, there is a day of reckoning coming where we have to give an account every season, every event, every episode of our life is a test. He's testing us. Is watching over us. It would have been so good, Jesus, if my life was only accountable when I preached my sermon. Huh. What do you think? Don't you think it would have been good if my life was only accountable when I only preached? Twenty-four seven. 365 and leap year 366. Praise God. We will give an account to him. And when that happens, I know I have goofed off, my man. Praise God. I know I have goofed off. I know that there has been falters. I know there has been slips. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I trust in his grace. He gives me a second chance. He lends me a hand and says, get up. Let's get going. Praise God. In the end, I know that you have a desire just like me. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over you want to hear that? I always pray, Lord, when it's done, I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. Praise God. Do you want to hear that? Only prayer is not going to cut. 
pray, pray. But only prayer is not going to cut. We want to pray and we want to live a life that is pleasing to Him. So all eyes closed for one moment. Praise God. Jesus. The trio. Where would I fall? I don't know about you. I want to fall among the first, the faithful ones. Lord, help me to be faithful. Yesterday is gone. Today is the day that I'm living. I want to live for him. I want to make the most for him. Jesus or unfaithful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Unfaithful. I don't want to be having a wrong impression about Jesus. Or total outright rebellion. The word is ministered so that we all feel fall in that first category. Faithful. Father, help me who has preached and all those who have heard the word to live a life that is pleasing to you. I want to present myself one day to you. I want to hear you say, well done, well done, well done. We want to hear that in our ears now so that we will live and do business with eternity in mind. So help us, Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen.